All right, everybody. Welcome into episode number 49 of Tailgates and Heartbreak, presented by Section 513. I'm your host, Geezer. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Donnie, who is taking time out of his busy night to come on and get back into a groove with us, and as well as producer Tito, who is back from another vacation. So, naturally, how are we doing, guys? Oh, this is great. I'm uh, happy to be here. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, wish the circumstances were better with our professional teams, but how about them Bearcats? Can't wait to get into it with you boys. How you doing, Tito? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot of winners on my end this weekend, but two for no. two gambling on Saturday, so I'll take it. Yeah, you had a bad week. Uh, uh the Cox did cover, though. They did. So, yeah, I hit them and the Cats. Yeah. So, uh, what you, what'd you get into this weekend? Is there anything fun and exciting? Uh, not really. I watched the game on Saturday, and then I had to do, uh, I had to do stuff for PFF. I had to, I had to watch Penn State-Auburn. So, I've had to nice. watch Sean Clifford five straight, t- like five times now. It's electric. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised your and eyes then, haven't fallen out. It, it was tough. The <laughs> only thing the only thing that's good about watching those games is uh, I get to watch uh, Jahan Doxson, their wide receiver, who is like an electric factory. Anytime he gets, he's, the, gets the ball he's in his the hands. fastest human being on planet Earth. Yeah, he's insane. Um, yeah. I, and, I um, will say that I did – or go ahead. And then – um. And I just watched the Bengals on Sunday. But I'll tell you what, the uh, the the final play of the game, the uh, the fade to the end zone on the short side of the field that went into the into the stands was a great play call to end the game for Auburn. Really loved that. I really love that play call. Yeah, yeah I don't two understand yard that line. at all. Yeah, I it makes me scratch my head every time I see it. It's like you, there's so many variables on that play. I'd rather just I'd honestly rather just run a dive when everyone in the stadium knows it's coming. But, yeah, honestly. And I mean, I, I think I think Tank uh, was I think he was averaging probably around like four and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Like anytime yeah. I like anytime I had to put it into the system on a run play that he was on the on the field, it's like tank four yards, tank seven yards, tank five yards. It's like all right. Yeah, he should be keep going. Let's let's just rub salt in that wound. <laughs> Didn't mean to. Not not many colleges you'll find that uh, tap the state armory to bring a literal tank onto the practice field for recruiting a photo shoot. So pretty badass though. Yeah, it was made for great pictures. We all got excited for a month and a half, and then boom, he's an Auburn Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I I did have uh one it, interesting uh interaction this weekend. Sit down at a bar during a layover. Lady sits next to me, probably mid fifties, early sixties. Says hello. <laughs> politely tells me she needs to take a phone call, gets on the phone with her bookie and makes about 14 plays for uh, Saturday, wagering way, way more money than I've got uh, to my name per game. It was, uh, it was an interesting little stop there in Charlotte. Wait, who is this? It's just ran- some random lady. Good or for her, you, man. Did she had a couple propose? winners in there too. She's pushing stacks. In the- yeah. Yeah, Tito, you should have, 
went down on one knee. I mean, yeah. Pushing pushing stacks and then at the uh, app uh, the Chili's uh, bar in the airport. Yeah, w- went in the NASCAR cafe in Charlotte Douglas International. <laughs> oh God. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, before we get into uh, any football talk, we're gonna real quick highlight the Reds. The Reds played baseball since the last time we spoke. And that's all. Anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. So let's move on to uh, college football. So yes. like we kind of alluded to, um, pretty good weekend for the most part of uh, football. Um, our teams, different scores, different different games for sure. I, I was going to say, I don't think anyone is particularly pleased with the play that they saw out of their team uh, on Saturday. I wouldn't imagine. No. <laughs> No, but I am, Tito. Please. Yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. There's positives, but there's also. Four point victories over Chattanooga. There's also this. Um, to be fair, I didn't watch a single snap of the UK game. So what time? What what time did that game kick off? At the same time as UC, and I. Oh. I got a text and it was like, oh my God, UK. And I was like, I don't even, I can't, I'm so worried about the Bearcats right now. I physically can't even look what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. You got too yeah. much going on. At, yeah. Yeah. But especially like won the game. So you did, it was a lot closer. Than, it was a lot closer than I thought it was. Cause I was like going through, like writing down just like notes mm-hmm. uh, today during like layover before class. Just some no, time. So just some, you actually have followed the Kentucky Wildcats in week three more than me. So why don't you give us a no? Before we talk about UK, we, we are UC fans. Well, Donnie, listeners. all I Donnie, all I wrote was Kentucky survives against Chattanooga, twenty-eight to twenty-three. Oh, so, so that is really in-depth notes. Thank you. For so and five wrote, point victory. Sorry, five. Point and I victory. wrote next to it that you guys are three and zero. Yep, that's all that matters. So three and zero headed in the. Uh, a beatdown of Tito. I can't wait. They, they officially have more AP votes than the Gamecocks. Congratulations. Yep. yep. It's huge. Yeah. So, program. Um, so I guess we really don't have to talk a lot about the, the Kentucky game because Diane yeah. didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Tito didn't watch it. So Kentucky won against Chattanooga. I hear Chattanooga is a really good team. So the fact that they clawed uh, their way to a five-point victory, I think that just shows a lot of grit from the Wildcats. Um, I'm sure Absolutely. we'll have this I'm sure Will Levis ate a banana normally, and that's probably why they were off a little bit. Um, but they're three and zero, so go Wildcats. Yes, I agree. Go Wildcats. Okay, so then let's move on to the other SEC team that we cover, the Gamecocks. Um, as I put down, Georgia forty to thirteen over the Cox. South Carolina two and one. Just hard hitting mm-hmm. analysis over here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't uh, super pleased with the defensive effort, but, uh, you know, it. you go and look back at it, it was more or less like plays here and there that it was like one play kind of killed the drive. And for the rest of it, we looked pretty good offensively. Oof, we need to be able to run the ball. That defense is either really good or we are just off the charts bad. So. We'll see how this week goes. Doty's he's starting at quarterback. Zeb looks like he might have broken a finger or something. So uh, prayers up there. But very excited for uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday. 
welcoming the Wildcats to williams Bryce. You said oh, 7 o'clock? man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I hope I hope I get to do that game. Like, I hope, like, that's just the game I get picked to do. I, I would. know. I, 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 I would love to. <laughs> Those games, uh, if I recall correctly, the last game, uh, USC-UK night game at Carolina, there were more, like, special teams yards in the first half than offensive yards, so... That'll be that'll be a, that'll that be a blast. Take, that would definitely take me a little bit longer than I would I would like. So okay, yes. maybe not. I ba- I I back off. Um. Yeah, no. And then I today I saw or no Sunday I saw the Shane Beamer press conference. We were talking about it off air. He's starting to become one of my favorite coaches because he's just brutally honest, and it looks like he the way he answered the question is how I think like any like average football fan would answer yeah. the question. He like leaned up into like the mic too and was like, they got a bunch of five star players. They have guys that weigh three hundred pounds and from like four threes. <laughs> yeah. I was like I, I the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the thing about him. I I'm still not sold on him as an actual football coach, but as a press a press guy, I I love him. I think he's electric. This uh this week will say a lot. I'm really curious to see like it looks like mentally from what i'm seeing and hearing like george's in the rearview mirror there's not a whole lot of like oh we're actually not good um so i don't know it'll be interesting i'm curious to see levis might uh he may carve us up a little bit uh passing the passing game on defense is a lot of zone that's just you just can't play it in the sec so we'll see how it goes this is a big game it is. It really is. And and to for you, Tito, to see kind of where you guys are headed. Obviously, you covered against Georgia. I didn't watch a second of that game. Um, so, you know, Kentucky, not nearly as good as Georgia, but definitely better than you. So it's like, how can we compete? And in a game that we own and during a time that we own. Um, yeah. In a stadium we own. So it's just going to be very interesting to see. I, I mean, you lost your last game there, but, uh, I will say, (laughs) um, now I will say I did see, uh, someone on Twitter, like a USC guy acting like, uh, USC, like has owned this rivalry of late. And I wanted to just like shake him. Like, I can't stand the USC like media is it's Mike Uva. And then there's like a 50 foot pile of shit. And then everyone else with game cockology right on the bottom of that. But, uh, yeah, this will be interesting. I'm like, there are too many things that are pointing UK's way as far as the situation. But I do love that it's a five-point line because as an objective gambler, I would lay my house on the cats, which makes me smell a rat, fellow. That might be a USC money line. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, you text me that. I don't know. I don't know about that one. While I have you both here. I definitely didn't do enough brainstorming for this idea, so we're just going to do it on air. Bets slash consequences for the losing team. Oof. Now, I, also, I, I, I will throw my suggestions out there. One, if South Carolina loses, I still want Tito to wear an eye patch for like a couple days. Maybe like wear an eye patch out like one like on a Saturday night. I think that'd be electric. Okay. But just the visual. Okay. The visual I want, so Johnny. Honestly, I oh maybe you got. I don't know. I can't think of one for Donnie right now. 
I'm not very I, far. Maybe I, you were an eye patch too. I don't know. I'm more. Uh, I, I'm very disappointed. This is gonna be like the first time in five years. I think uh, me and Donovan haven't watched this game together, so that's gonna hurt. Or at least in the same city. Uh, he got lost one year. But uh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> uh, it's gonna. This is gonna be a different. This is like the first post college uh, USC UK matchup. So. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's going to be a lot of bragging rights. Yeah. And Tito, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm it's kind of sad. It's like, man, we're getting old. Like, yeah. Or sneaking each other into the, the, our respected cheering sections where, um, I mean, getting lost, like you said, um, you know, we're going to Eric church concerts, uh, that same track. Did we go to the Eric church concert? No, that was a different week. Wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, I was about to say if we did Air Church and then the next day UK with South Carolina, that would have been. Oh, just we would we would be here uh, right now talking. Too many um, too many good times down in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. But no, it, it's it's going to be weird. Tito, where'd you say you're watching it? Um, uh, I'll be streaming it on my cell phone from the Mount Joy concert at the Icon. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So they they're uh they won't be playing a full set though, or they'll I mean they'll play one of their full sets, but those kind of bands usually. Have shorter concerts, so hopefully I'll be down at the social catching the end of the game. Yeah, uh, catching um, UK. I mean, I hope it's a good game. Um, I'll be watching it while I'm dog sitting in Lexington. Um, but I hope you know you can catch a, an interesting fourth quarter. Maybe you guys are winning. Um, you got to drive to seal the game, and you Jody fumbles, and um, yeah. Do you remember, Tito, uh, when we had Patrick Tolles that game where you guys were ranked like 23, I believe, with Steve yeah. Spurrier? Oh, Spurrier wasn't coach when Tolles was there, was he? Yep. Shit. Yeah, it was. Oh, first, like, wait. Yeah. With the chrome helmets. Yeah. Then, yeah. You guys were winning, had the ball, and then you threw a, a pick six, and that gave us the game. That was sick. Uh, yeah, Beamer actually uh, mentioned that at our press conference today. So good evidence. Really? Yeah, yeah, he was a, a special teams coach on that squad. Just a heartbreaker for him, and um, looking forward to doing it again this Saturday, for sure. Yeah. For so sure. now that our producer, or I mean host, has uh, vacated <laughs> his seat, uh, just wants us to keep droning. We'll go ahead and, and switch the talk no, over to the cast. Right here, hold on. What do we got? Hold, hold on. on. Donnie, if the Wildcats lose, you have to wear a wig that is similar to Tito's hair out in public. No hat. Legit wig. Okay, we'll see. Um, If you guys have better ideas, gladly drop them. them Like I said, this is off a whim right now. Yeah. This is, uh, we'll take some, co- well, uh, listen, you know, you still need to like, do- yeah, no, let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, yeah, let's throw it out to the listeners. Uh, we'll tweet about it. Uh, hit us with, uh, your suggestions. Um, and then, yeah, just keep up on Twitter. We'll make sure to post some pictures and, and stuff of the, uh, of the events. Maybe that's how we get someone to send us a damn email. There you know. go. Lammers hasn't sent us an email yet. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have access to the email, so I don't know. You don't? I don't think so. Yeah. Nobody, somebody can't remember a damn password and text me for it every time he needs uh, to get in. Yeah, because your passwords are, like, ridiculous. Sometimes it's you It's usually just make... something that involves 
or Dave Lapham? Yeah, Dave Lapham. All right, yeah, we're gonna. Like, well, we're gonna have to cut one of those because that's the password I use for uh, some important <laughs> uh, personal <laughs> things. So they don't know the rest of it. It's not just. I'm glad hearing that, though. I'm glad to know that Donovan's still got my HBO account. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, uh, lastly, uh, probably the biggest game of the weekend between all three teams. Um, UC beat Iowa, or not Iowa, uh, Indiana, 38 to 24. Um, Indonesia. Indonesia. You're right. Yes. Um, uh, it was um it was interesting. Uh, the first quarter was less than ideal. The second quarter was also less than ideal. I almost wanted I wanted to do really bad things to the TV in my basement after uh, I don't even know what the left tackle's name was, but decided to try and like grab the football with his one hand and like try and Heisman uh, stiff arm an Indiana defender and he only just fumbled it and in that moment I was like, oh, we're in trouble. But oh, we're screwed, yeah. Yeah. Uh after that Turnover in the ensuing score, UC went on to outscore IU 38-10. to 10. Um, Defense played really well um, in the second half, created a lot of turnovers. Uh, Michael Penix is still confirmed very bad at quarterback. Um, so that's really good to know. Um, Mike Dembrock gives me absolute headaches as an offensive coordinator. It's absolutely infuriating watching him call games in a big like in a big time game like this isn't the first time like I've seen him like it's almost it's so blatantly obvious what he's trying to do and it's like you need to stop like just reverse it like flip it one time like, we were, maybe maybe do a first down pass and then a second down run or like do that like three straight times in three straight you know downs and then maybe flip it but it's like, no matter what, like that first quarter, first play, run every time. And then you mix in with like a false start. And then like, I mean, obviously, if you start trying to run the ball on first and 15 or or first and 20, and then you try and do a second long run, it's just like, I want to do unspeakable things. I've seen him do it um, against Memphis. In the final game of the regular season, I think three years ago, and in the AAC championship game, um, his play calling in the post Jerome Ford 79 yard touchdown run, the Peach Bowl was abysmal. Um, And yeah, this one on Saturday was right right up there with one of those games where I wanted to pull my hair out of my head. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about this on Saturday. UC is kind of in like a really shit spot with that because he's clearly not the guy that's going to be able to kind of keep them at the perennial level from an offensive standpoint, like to be able to compete in those big games and, and possibly a playoff game. But at the same time, I, for recruiting reasons, I don't see how you can fire him. No, so the, his... So his thing is, is he will have a, he'll have like a quarter and a half worth of like drives, series, whatever, where he does really well. Like he calls a great, he has a great set of plays that he calls consecutively. And then he just, 
decides to stop and go the complete opposite direction. Like one of the biggest things I noticed that I've noticed so far, and and at first I thought it was them trying to be kind of vanilla going into the this game on this past Saturday was we really didn't see a lot of like Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor in the middle of the field at all. I don't think Josh Wiley has more than like five targets and um, Alec Pierce had kind of been quiet up until that point. Alec Pierce had a really good game on Saturday. Um, he just kind of always gets open. And Michael Young had a really good game, too. Trey Tucker had a – which – Michael Young got off to a very uncharacter, uncharacteristically slow start, though. That yeah. that was concerning at the beginning of the game. Yeah, and then he got that, like, slant over the middle in the, from the slot and got popped and held on. I was like, all right, we're cool. But yeah, that was I will say this. That he just got of right all on. the things – of all the th- things that Denbrock did poorly, he actually did the one thing that I have been banging on the drum for for probably a year and a half now. Trey Tucker had by far and away the most targets he's ever had in his career in a single game, which is I love seeing it because, I mean, you kind of got a glimpse of it when he had the um, kickoff return where he was gone after he hit the 30. Like, it was the easiest kickoff return I think I've ever seen in my life, where he took – he went up the right sideline, playing that foot to cut back left, and was gone. Like, yeah. that Indiana kicker, like, whew, not a good center fielder. <laughs> yeah. Not a good not a good last line of defense. Um, but, no, like, that was the one thing I think he did. Whoa, what's going on? Very weird-ass noise. I don't know. I think I might be hearing shit. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it was this great radio. Yeah, that that was awesome. Yeah, I'm all I'm all out of sorts. Um, should we just turn this episode into an episode of Ghost Hunters or Adventures or whatever? The possibly, called? possibly. And yeah. before one more thing before I kick it to either one of you, because I'm gonna have to go try and kill a ghost. Um, it still baffles me how little we've seen Dez like on design runs and you saw the one QB draw, which was a design run had, I think it was like a 20 yard gain, which was a beautiful play call. And then I think it was a botched play, but it was a bobbled snap and Ford and Wiley just ended up kind of going for a block and like Ritter had another like 15 to 20 yard gain. And then obviously he had that rushing touchdown to kind of ice the game. But I think that was one of the biggest reasons why we saw Dez kind of turn a corner last year is because he used his legs a lot more. And I don't know if it's Dez trying to prove himself as a more of a quarterback for the NFL, because I think that's what it is. I really think we're seeing a conservative effort of, of him, like, standing in the pocket, trying to make throws, gets out of the pocket, make a throw out of the pocket, not, like, just immediately go to his legs, which... I understand, and I'm I'm all for you trying to do what's best for you and your draft stock, and I get that. But I think that's the one that's the one difference in his game that I've seen so far in the first three games. And I don't know if it's maybe him trying to limit some hits that will accrue in the later, like in the latter part of the season. But I think that's the one part of this offense that is is what makes it so dynamic, and I think is what can kind of save Denbrock's play calling which is what happened a lot last year. So I would agree with that geese. That's good analysis. Um, 
Tito, you want to go with your your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, I just it was scary there for a minute. Like obviously, UC getting off to or being down to a power five school, I think there's an, like an innate, like, Oh shit. Like, are we out of our league? Not that I thought they were right. I wanted to live bet them the whole game. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I, I'm curious to see, like, I think there definitely is a factor in that. Um, this is the first game that a lot of these kids have played in that big of a stadium. And now all of a sudden there's full capacity fans, like, which was, IU actually did show out for that game, which was surprising because usually that stadium's empty. Um, right. But yeah, I, I thought, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that was what it was. Uh, but there was nothing about the second half of that game that made me think that UC couldn't go get a win in Ann Ar- or in uh, North South Bend. Bend. Or South Bend, whatever. Jeez. Oh my God. Over one for three there. there. Um, no, T, I'll agree with you there. Because the thing is, you know, the UC played in a huge game against Georgia, but not, you know, probably the biggest stadium that UC's ever played in ever um, down in Atlanta. But there's no one there. I mean, me and Geezer were there, but there's no one else really there. And so having that atmosphere back, it's been over a year since they played in a, a stadium with fans, like you said, that are rooting against you. It had to be a challenge. And Indiana is not very good, but any team like that that's playing for their season. And I think that's why uh, you said that Indiana fans really showed out because I think that was their season. Um, losing that game the way they did, the collapse, they're done, right? That was that was like their their attempt at getting their season back on track. Track, sure. yeah, their season. Because was like I think that shitty first week one. Like if they, out. as a UC fan, I'm hoping that they kind of figure their shit out in Big Ten play. I don't know if that happens. I don't think it happens. Not with the quarterback play that they're getting from Penix, but um, yeah, no, it. That's still a solid team, you know. I think they're gonna probably end up like seven and five. It's not the Indiana team that I think UC fans were hoping we were gonna get. Um, right. In any stretch, but I think it was still a. I mean, it's a good team. I don't val- like the win doesn't. Yeah, it, it's not going to have the luster. Yeah, at the it doesn't end have the, the luster. I but mean, I, you I still got to play Penn State at Penn State. They got Michigan State looks great. I think that the way style that Michigan State plays, they could win that game by a lot. Uh, and then you got Ohio State and Michigan. They lucked out. They don't have to play Iowa this year. Um, they know they already Rutgers. played Iowa. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're in different. Or... <laughs> they're in different divisions. Yeah. yeah I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then you got. Minnesota and Purdue at the end of the year. Purdue looks horrible, but Minnesota is not a bad team. So, yeah, that it'll be interesting to see how they turn out. But and like you said, if if Indiana ends up, I think five hundred seven and five is probably their ceiling at this point. Um, you know, the, the way Michael Penis looks, they could. I mean, they could go four wins. I mean, they look so bad in the second half, and they look so bad week one. But in comparison to the other teams UC is going to play in the American, I think Indiana is definitely one of the better teams, like you said, Geese. Um, we'll just have to see how Indiana performs the rest of the season in the Big Ten. But for the Bearcats, I thought 
They're, they should have been down by 20 points in that first half. They got a it, huge. It, it could have been. It could have been a whole lot whole worse. Yeah. You didn't get and, that interception by Cook in the end zone. I mean, we're talking about a different game. Um, yeah, and I think one of the biggest things too in, in the game, I think the biggest turning point for me was Indiana trying to go down and steal three points or maybe get a touchdown late in the second quarter. And Penix is basically getting sacked and decides to throw the ball into double coverage across the field. And you and um Arquan Bush gets that pick at like the 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 forty eight yard line and kept gave UC a chance to go get three. A fourteen to ten game feels a little bit different than a potential seventeen to seven game or a twenty one to seven game, the way that Indiana at the time was kind of dominating the trenches. And I think it kind of flipped a little bit in the second half where I think UC kind of controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. Um, but the defense, that was the UC defense that we've seen in, you know, under Luke Fickle the past couple of years and, and led by Marcus Freeman, um, where they were just turning, they were creating turnovers. I mean, Darian Beavers played, uh, had a hell of a game. Um, yep. Deshaun Pace looked yep. great. Um I saw someone try and throw a ball to Mar- Ahmad Gardner, and he just kind of like stuck his arm out and just like slapped it away, like it, it looked effortless. Child, and play. it's crazy to see how he's still not getting targeted. It's yeah. it's wild. It'll make me. It's really interesting to see. Um, we were talking about it Saturday, watching the game. How the NFL scouts will view that? Like he's not getting targeted. You wonder if Notre Dame. We'll go into there and think, okay, this guy hasn't been targeted much. Let's kind of try to attack him early and see what we can do against him with our receivers. I don't think they that would work out very well. So, so um, one thing I noticed though is Sauce was kind of guard was lined up guarding uh, Peyton Hendershot a decent amount, or at least he was over like he was over top covering him or whatever. I don't expect them to have him cover uh, Mayor. Mayor. Yeah, I didn't expect that to be the case, but I think I mean, Notre Dame will find a way to get that matchup at least a couple times. And yeah, that that that'll be an interesting one Uh, because, you know, I you guys will hate me for saying this, but I think he's he is the best tight end in the country. Um, Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm I'm not. uh, I feel like you see people get get very defensive over Josh Wiley. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think that'll be an interesting matchup. Because, uh, like, if you're looking to get something going and go at him at the beginning of the game, like Donovan's saying, that is the perfect guy to get going early in a game. Uh, you know, just a dominating physical presence and, you know, see what you can get. Yeah, the thing the thing about Notre Dame is, is I don't know who their wide receivers are. I don't know if they're that good. I, I know that that was one of their... Not weaknesses, but it was one of the areas of concern for the team going into the season was the lack of, you know, explosiveness at the wide receiver position. Um, but obviously they have the tight ends that can kind of make up for it, and they obviously have the run game. But, I mean, I don't know. I can't wait. You know, I think that at the end of the day, the, my biggest takeaway from the IU game was, you know, Fickle has said it. They needed to face some adversity. They faced adversity. They came back. They clawed a, a win. They did a lot of good thing. They had a lot of good. They had a lot of bad. Um, but at the end of the day, 
for what this team, what we all wanted. I think everybody wanted them to be undefeated going into this Notre Dame game. That's all I cared about. And I didn't really care how they got there. And they won 38 to 24 against IU and they made it happen. So my final thoughts will go right along with yours. Geese. Um, They faced a lot of adversity in that first half. They should have been down a lot. They made a play happen. And they used that as advantage to build on uh, the the big comeback and really stifle Indiana. Um, I think that moving for I think the the bye week and then Notre Dame playing Wisconsin is huge for them. But just last thing on the Indiana game, um, great teams cover. Good teams will win, guys. Great teams cover, especially when they should have been down twenty points in the first half. Um, and oh boy, did they, and they did. And Donovan Jr.'s going to be able to go to college now. So we're excited for him. Just, just great stuff to hear. You'd love to see it. All right. Before, uh, before we move off of UC, I do just want to make one note. I saw, forgot that they'd scheduled Arkansas next year. That is going to be one dog of a game. Very interesting. Where is it at? Is it at? At Arkansas. Yeah, I, if there was a line right now, I think I'd take the Hogs, but we'll see. I we might that um, might be a place that you get down there because Arkansas football is hashtag back. So oh, I I think they are very good this year. Yeah, which is crazy. That that coach should win every award that's ever been like ever had a trophy made. My God, that program yeah. hadn't won an SEC game in like two years. Turns around last year, they're competitive. MS have a couple ranked wins this year. They look like world beaters. I'm excited. I'm also not really worried about a game in 2022 right now. Just putting yeah. it on your radar. Just throwing out a floater. I, I saw I saw it today. I, I was aware that game was going to be very interesting, to say the least. But, um, all right, so before we move on to Talking Bengals, we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back to you on the other side. All right, now we are back, and we are moving on to the NFL. More importantly, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals fall to 1-1 after a 22-17 defeat to the Bears. Um, Initial takeaways from the game, uh, that was probably next to the Baltimore game last year for Burrow, probably his – Second worst or worst game, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and the fact that they had a chance to even win the game is kind of incredible, to be honest with you. Um, he didn't look great. The offensive line didn't look great. Um, but l- this defense is, r- outside of Eli Apple, is really fun to watch. Logan Wilson is turning into the linebacker that you wanted you want to have on your team. Um I mean he had like an eighty I think he finished like an eighty five PFF grade. It's the best of his career. He almost had like a ninety coverage grade in sick plug there, Geese. Yeah, I know sick plug. Um also I think I owe an apology to Luana Rumo, who seems like he actually might be a halfway decent defensive coordinator. So that's good to know. Um, now, whether or not it will matter when it's all said and done, because we don't know if Zach will live to see the end of the se- to live to see 
next season. Don't know, which means Lou might not be here regardless. Um, the play call that he had to get that interception was beautiful where um, he disguised Logan Wilson on a blitz and he just dropped right back into coverage and Justin Fields threw it right to him. It was beautiful. Um, the defensive line looks great. Um, Trey Hendrickson is getting a ton of pressure. Um, he almost wrapped up Justin Fields for that sack, which would have, if they get that sack, I think they win that game. I, the way that the momentum had completely swung, um, I was at least confident if, we were going to get a field goal. If he stays at Georgia, we win that game. It's Ohio State tough right there. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, anyway. Um, wow. So, but the biggest takeaways are the inability to run the football, um, let alone what, let me rephrase this, to run the ball in a, with a light box, i.e. not like seven guys in the box or a heavy box or whatever. Um, and I'll drop some stats on you in a second. But the pass blocking grades were not great from the O-line either. A lot of issues up front, whether it be communication or Xavier Suofilo just getting bull rushed. I'm over him. I'm ready for Jackson Carmen to be your starting right guard. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, I could go down the the pass block grades real quick and true pass that stuff. So, and then I'll kick it to either one of you for what you want to talk about. Um, so Jonah had a pass block grade of 52.6. Quentin Spain was a 58.6. Trey Hopkins had a bounce back game. 72.2 um he didn't look like a liability like he did week one which is understandable he's coming off an acl injury which he suffered in the finals game of the year last year xavier suofilo uh 44.1 big yikes and riley reef was a 54.6 but if you go into true pass sets which you it's got to have more than three-man rush no rollouts no screens that type of stuff um jonah had a True pass grade of 50.2. Quentin Spain, true pass set of 84.84. Well, just 84 flat. Trey Hopkins was a 57.0. Xavier Suofilo, he's just trying to outdo himself. 30.8. And Riley Reef, a 28.7. Not great, Bob. Big yikes against the Bears. And I think the biggest thing is when you talk about the offensive line, um, last week you kind of said offensive line was bad, but they weren't as bad. You could tell they made improvements from last year. And the front with the Bears in week two, you know, the Bears have one of the best fronts in the NFL. But the offensive line was fucking bad against them. They were outmanned all over the place. Um, and Burrow got killed. I mean, if Burrow gets hit like that every game, he is not going to make it through 10 games. Mark that down. Because the 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 way he's getting hit the first two weeks, we're going to be looking at a situation like like last year, boys. And, um, and after, go ahead. And, and you're, you're completely right. And another key part, too, is now I think he's been sacked nine times total. Um, some of them are not all on the O-line. Some of them have been commu- clear communication issues. But then I think 
four of the nine sacks or three of the nine are contributed to just horrendous pass blocking from your running backs. Yeah. Like Joe Mixon and Samaji P. Ryan had a really bad game against Minnesota, and Joe had a huge whiff on Sunday. And, like, say what you want about Giovanni Bernard and what his role was on the team. You never had to worry about Gio getting destroyed on a pass, like, on a pass block. You know, he would step up into the hole and do his role and do his part just a little bit. Like, you don't even need to have – it doesn't even need to be a clean block just enough. Like, these guys are just straight up whiffing. It's terrible. Yeah. And you couple with the play calling, which – Kind of goes off of what you said. Like, Burrow's not going to last if they keep doing this shit. But part of it is is because Zach thinks running the ball is the answer, which to an extent it is. But if you can't run the ball when they're daring you to run the ball, that's a problem. Because they're just going to sit back on you throwing the ball. And I think Zach runs the same short yardage route combination and intermediate route combination like it's the same thing every time like i could tell you what they're going to do a levels concept with your slot receiver and a curl route with your out your outside receivers it's pretty much what he's doing and if jacob geyser can predict what the Bengals are running (laughs) then the chicago bears can predict what the Bengals are running i mean it was it was ugly. And, and, like, the thing is, is, like, you watched. The one thing we talked about was how they looked, how the Bears looked against the Rams and how the Rams were just attacking them deep. Granted, Matthew Stafford probably has a better arm for a deep ball than Burrow does. But, at the same time, like they were at least taking said shots. Those throws, a, their deep shots weren't even like you have to have a good arm, though. Like, I mean, it was just busted coverages. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it, it's shocking to see how far we are behind uh, kind of the elite offenses like in the NFL, at least but, or on Sunday. Um, but that's that. And that's the thing is I don't think it's a talent thing like at the skill it's not the skill position players but part of it's your play calling like it's do i think zach is a bad play caller no but do i think he's a great play caller no i don't like i think i also think it's a bit of an overreaction to, to say like this is what this team's going to be this year like offensively because i think they kind of they definitely made their adjustments last year and you kind of saw it change and i think the one thing that you know, is very obvious is he's def- he's coaching scared and he's calling plays scared because and there's you know this- who you don't want to be playing the week after you have a coaching performance like that is the fucking Pittsburgh defense. Yeah. A banged up Coming Pittsburgh defense. A banged up Pittsburgh defense that did not look good against the Raiders, I will say. Like I'm like I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying. I get it, but like that defense didn't look great against Oakland. Well, but I mean, it's the, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh does what Pittsburgh does on defense. There's not a whole lot of change. You've had four cracks at this now. And, you know, 
none of them outside of that one, the fluke Sunday night game, you haven't had a team look comp- competent. So and I think that was the biggest thing going into this year for Zach Taylor and this coaching staff was to see how in another year of experience you were going to do against the big dogs, the AFC North. Um, you talked about the, the fluke win we had against the, the Steelers. Um, we've had some close games against the Browns, but we've gotten destroyed in the other three games against Pittsburgh and then by Baltimore every single game. So it's like, what are we doing to adjust and to get better against the teams we play the most often? And I think that's going to be a huge sign. And Geezer, you said it, Pittsburgh is a little banged up. Um, and their offense is not good either. Yeah, their offense looks terrible. But they're banged up on both sides of the ball, but they are coming off a loss. I think Oakland is going to be a playoff team this year. Um, But they're coming off a loss. You got them in Pittsburgh. And it's the Bengals and Steelers. And we know that track record. We've lived it our entire lives. So what are we doing to get better and go into that game not feeling like, oh, boy, here we go again? And and you better get a whole lot better because, I mean, Mike Tomlin is – sending five frequently next week or not. Uh, he doesn't call the defensive plays, but you know what I mean? Like they're going to get blitzed all, all, the entire game. Right. Yeah. No, well, it's going to be a big in, test to see how in what was just, go ahead. what was crazy. And it was a small sample size though. On Sunday was Burrow did statistically do better against the blitz. than he did just against pure, like four man rushes and everything. Like, I, I'm now, not the, concerned about Burrow. It's the horrendous offensive line grades. No, I know. I, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I mean, and one thing that I think needs to be said is, look, they need to improve this year, no matter what, because you want to make sure that you're at least going in the right direction. Now, do I think Zach Taylor is the answer? I think the jury is either almost done or is still out, depending on how you feel. But my kind of stance on it is, is I personally hope he figures it out, figures it out, because if he doesn't, the next coach that comes in here is going to end up having to probably tear this roster back down. We have to go back through it again. Another little mini rebuild. And the issue with that is, is you would have then wasted the rookie contract of your franchise quarterback, which is your window to be competitive. So, like, the people that are, like, kind of sitting here saying, like, it doesn't matter, like, let's fire him, Joe Brady, this, that, or the other. Like, dude, that's great. Like, I would love to have Joe Brady, but the time to get Joe Brady was probably last year. Like, if you were going to make that move, you had to make that move last year. You're, you can't make it now because you you could maybe make it after this year. Maybe. But I don't want them to because I want them to be successful and I want them to have it figured out. Because at the end of the day, I do think good quarterback play or great quarterback play can hide your coach's deficiencies, which I'm okay with that. Like it seems like we have that quarterback that can do that. So let's ride that out and hope it fucking works. Because if not, then we're screwed. And then I will be legitimately pissed. Or maybe, just maybe, 
just an idea. Why don't we tell Zach or someone just get in his ear and be like, hey, why don't you just worry about being a head coach and let like Brian Callahan call plays? Just try to mix something up. I don't know what I don't know how much Brian has his hand into the into everything. But I mean, Brian was around Peyton Manning, Brian Callahan in any interview he does talks glowingly about Joe Burrow. It's like, maybe let's let him try and do something because I don't, because I think, I I think it's, it's too, I don't think he wants to pull that cord yet. Like Mike McCarthy and Bill O'Brien screwed the, I'm going to hand off the play calling move. Cause all it says is I'm getting fired. So I don't know. I I think that, I don't know that he's going to pull that. He's not going to pull that cord. He maybe doesn't have to pull it, but maybe like, maybe behind. (laughs) Stop. You're fine. Maybe behind closed doors, there's just like an unspoken agreement. Like, hey, you call the place, but it'll look like I'm calling the place, but you call the place. I don't know. Or just maybe, I don't know, throw the ball a little bit more, just a little bit more, but or figure it out. throw the ball with more, like you said, it's not predictable, and we throw it down the field. You went and drafted Jamar Chase. Let's use him. And we stop going. Him and stop going under center. I hate it. Stop going yeah. under center. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, Jamar Chase saved Burrow's ass on that touchdown throw. And I think that that whole sequence just sparked the you, Bengals. And you can see that's the kind you of could maybe make an argument that that you could maybe make yeah. an argument that he tr- meant to put that ball there. Maybe. Because yeah. he had he had the safety kind of coming over top and he had beaten the corner and he was on the inside anyways. It was very uh, reminiscent of the kind of the play he made against Alabama where he kind of burned Trayvon Diggs and just kind of got inside and made the play. Yeah. But, but that's kind of stuff that Chase does. You give him a shot, we got to take more. I think we only took three shots yesterday, but two of them were for touchdowns. So give me more Chris Evans. Give yeah. me more Chris Evans. Yeah. That's Something. a way to shake it up. That's maybe, a way to get creative. Maybe see what he's able to do in pass protection. Can't be worse than what we saw uh, the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it needs the passing game needs to become more of like doing it deliberately, not to offset the run game. You know, right? It just, and I understand it, the run game. You're trying to set it up early, but if, like we said at the beginning, if if it's not working, you can't just die on that hill. When you have Joe Burrow and the weapons you have in this team, it just you're not going to win many games. And I get it also that. Oh, you don't want to throw the ball way more because Burrow's going to get hurt. I get it. Trust me. I don't want Burrow to get hurt either. But look, he's already taken hits. You have to mix it up to where you're not so predictable that, you know, every time Burrow steps back to throw on third down after you run it on first and second, he's they're going to bring the house and he's going to get drilled. It's, and like there was like a like it was after like he had thrown the third pick in like the second play of the drive was an under center play action pass. I was like, what are you doing? You have to, like, they know you're throwing the football. Why are you going under center doing play action? Yeah. Like, why? It's, I mean, it was bad all around, and, and you saw the frustration definitely with the fans after any Bengals loss. It's bad. But with the players, you saw in the post-game uh, press conferences, Burrow and uh, Chase were like, yeah, I mean, we – but they, they knew exactly what we were doing. Um, you saw what happened when we took shots. It was We were successful, and that's what we want to do. So and go he, do it. And, and he missed T earlier in the game. 
Like when right. you kind of when you go back on it, if he put the ball in the middle of the field, T probably would have made that play, but he kind of put it behind the hash. So, yeah. I mean, so where does this? What after seeing that game, boys, and even week one, does this the first two games lower, higher, or keep your expectations? What are you guys I, feeling? I, I'm pretty even keeled. Uh, I mean. I, I didn't. I expected us to look bad in one of these two games. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Minnesota. I think we looked better than I thought we would. Uh, and you know, week one, it's always easy to get excited. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty even keeled. Okay. Yeah, I. I'm more or less pissed because I think there was just some little things, you know, like play calling that type of stuff. But for me, it was like. The fact that they even had a chance to kind of win that game yeah. and to potentially move to 2-0 is, I think, the most frustrating part of it because you ne- you never know what the season it will hold. You don't know if that one that that game could kind of come back and maybe either help, obviously, help or hurt you down and later on in the season. But I think for me, it's like, all right, like that's kind of like a wake up call. Like you get to kind of see like, hey, like you look in your mirror, like you look in the mirror. Like, for Burrow, like, I'm, look, he kind of had a stinker, but I'm very confident that he's probably going to end up bouncing back or he's going to use that and learn from it and all this stuff. I think T's going to, like, I think the offense is going to play a lot better on on Sunday. Um, I I mean, I don't got to say anything about the defense. The defenses look great. I really yeah, hope the, Trey, yeah. I really hope Trey Waynes gets to play on Sunday. Because I don't know if I can watch another Eli Apple game. I really don't like. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I think the way the defense has come out and played though, without Trey Wade's, is like okay. That I I thought they'd be way better, but I to be honest, I didn't think they'd be this good. They they are rock solid. And granted, you know Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, and Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton, and Fields. And I, I think Geezer, like you said it, the game was kind of frustrating because you had a chance to win and we lost another close game. And if Fields would have came out and just looked awesome, that would have sucked. But it's like, all right, what are you gonna do? I don't think Fields looked great at all. So it was like, and you, no, were, I think he, he looked, he looked like a quarterback that had never taken a snap before. Like, right. in yeah. honest yeah. to God, not yeah, a game. He just looked, snap. he looked like a rookie playing in his first, you know. So, but, you know, then again, you were a sack away and we were in position to win the game. We get that ball back. I like our chances going down the field and scoring. But, you know, it's another loss for Zach Taylor. And going back to Zach Taylor talk, he lost, how many games has he lost that we've been in there and a couple plays make the difference? It, so as His, his record in one-score games is brutal. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And as a, you're filling brutal. out his report card as the year goes on, and deciding what is this the guy? Are we signing him to another year? You got to circle that, highlight it, put it in bold because losing games like that over and over again, it's frustrating as a fan, but as a player, that has just got to be just a kick in the dick, honestly. Yeah, well, you got to find a way to close out these games. Yeah, and but even then, like I don't really consider that. I mean, I guess you could consider it like closing that game out. But, Not closing it out. I didn't mean that, but but yeah, I know to win those close. Yeah. Games. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, and the fact that they even had a chance to do that's kind of inc- incredible. Um, it kind of reminded me of the UC game, dude. UC looked horrible in the first half, and then they started. I mean, well, they looked horrible for the. <laughs> they looked horrible for first three quarters. The third, three three and a half <laughs> quarters, but 
the yeah. way they were turning it on and you're like, yeah. all right, well, you know, decent teams are able to do that. UC is a great team to be able to come back and, and beat them by two touchdowns. The Bengals are not a great team. And, but hey, you know, you, it's just like, yeah, that's what I was telling myself when the Bengals looked so bad early. It was like, all right, slow start. You know, the defense is keeping us in there a little bit. Let's turn it around in the second half. And that third quarter was like, Oh my God, the wheels are falling off. But then I mean, before, if we're, we got a chance yeah. and, and made it decently close. It was, I don't know. I, I remember like coming upstairs all jacked up after the play, after that touchdown to T and three score game. I was like, forget everything else that happened. Like yeah. you throw all that out the window. Like it's a three yeah. point game now. Like anything yeah. that else that happened before that doesn't matter. Like you got a chance to go win a ball game or at least send it to overtime. And I liked our chances exponentially in both forms. Um, so yeah, so obviously they got Pittsburgh this Sunday huge game because they do get a little bit easier for them the next the three games after that in regards to who they face in the trenches because the green bay pass rush is not great the jacksonville pass rush is not great and then i think they have the lions after that if i'm zaquandre white will be back for that game though for the packers okay but Still, I don't think he had a ton of pressure in the first game either against the Saints. Obviously, completely different offensive lines, but still. Um, yeah, so, you know, look, you got to go start. You got to show something, and you got to go get, like, you got to win on Sunday, in my opinion. Not, not for the sake of the season, but just for the sake of, like, if there's any chance I think Zach can – could be the guy, maybe is the guy, might just be a the guy that's kind of there to babysit type of deal and just you know, just ends up running the show at some point in his career. Like Sunday's kind of one of those games. Like I think Sunday's the first time I think Zach has a team that is close enough competitive wise to be on the same field as some of these yep. teams and in, in the three teams in the AFC North where I'm like, they can win this game because they have the players now you just have to execute and you have to right. figure out a way to make it happen as a coach and as a player like cause they have the talent like the defense clearly is improved the offense has the weapons it's time to kind of show something put in motion make do something make show you're getting better and zach taylor as a coach is getting you know growing as a play caller and that you're not seeing that so far but yep this is a great opportunity sunday against your arch nemesis to go prove that um uh, i i don't know how i'm feeling you said it's a must must win not a must win but i got what you're saying i don't think the Bengals have to necessarily win but i do want to start seeing improvements um and i don't think the Bengals are going to win um i don't know if you guys want to give predictions but i, I think we'll end up losing but i just want it to be not like the bears game because i don't know if i can sit through the three quarters that that game was that was horrible I would just uh, like let's if we walk away from this game and say like, you know, we got beat up up front or, you know, Najee Harris just, you know, had his breakout game or something like that. That's I can live with that if we keep it competitive. I don't want to see us shoot ourselves in the foot. Like, I don't want to see us lose the turnover battle big. I don't want to see us, you know. With with play calling, feel like we're we're hamstrung. Like let's m- make a competitive game that we can 
look back and if, you know, we lose a close game, we lose a close game, not, oh, shit, we kind of let that get away. Right. Nope, I completely um, agree. I want to see the offensive line handle a stunt correctly. Um, specifically, Xavier Suofilo, if you play. If not, I want to see what Jackson Carmen's kind of made of. Nothing like that being your first game. Um, I want to see better pass protection from your running backs. I want to see much better play calling offensively. But at the end of the day, I want them to win because I think they can win this game. Like, I I believe they can because I think they have the players. They have the weapons. I don't know if they have the coaching advantage. They definitely don't. That's for damn sure. But, like, I think if you're – you know, I would love nothing more. Like, you know, we kind of said, you know, after that kind of fluke Monday night game, it's like, all right, maybe that's the kind of game that kind of turns it around for Zach. And you kind of see some of that momentum building. On the flip side, are, is Pittsburgh dead? You know, we were kind of like, oh, this is it. And then obviously yeah. you have that game, the playoff game against Cleveland. All right, let's, let's, put, let's, put, it, let's put Ben out to the pasture. Let's that, put him down. The Steelers coded over the offseason and that they're still reeling from the paddles, you know, coursing through their veins. They're dead. Like, they're going to die. It's just a question of can we put them down? That would be so satisfying after 25 years, even longer than that, actually. Or just, just Big Ben's, or just Big Ben's record against the Bengals in his career. Yeah, I mean, come put on. Him down. Able to put that guy down like a like a sick, rabid dog sign. We're already, like a, we're already getting – Injury report, Ben Roethlisberger now. He's got a pec it's issue. Early. It's early. He's got a pec issue. We're going to have – we'll have to make adjustments. We'll have to go on the fly. <laughs> I, I, uh, I had had NFL Network on today, and they were having a serious conversation about whether or not he was telling the truth. <laughs> That's when you know. Hey, you control the story. Don't let yeah. anyone else. Yep. So, all right, I got nothing else. Um, Bearcats are off this week. They get to rest up for prepare to prepare for their trip to South Bend, where I will burn that city to the ground when it's all said and done. Hopefully, after a win in in a week or two weeks. Obviously, we have the Cox and the Cats. Email us, Twitter DM us at us on Twitter. Don't care. Let's figure out a punishment. Well, slash like, loser has to do something. Let's get some skin in the game. And also, let's let's go get a dub, Bengals. Let's go get to two and one because hey, look at the AFC North. One and one. Yep. And Cleveland looks. Cleveland's banged up too. Jarvis just went on IR. So they got like no what. Yeah, it will literally, it will literally be Nick Chubb. You run the ball thirty times, Cream Hunt. You run it twenty times. That as a Nick that, Chubb fantasy owner, that would be fine with me. I it seems to be working for him, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and then um, Lamar, do all the jump, do all the jump passes you want, please. How great I, of the game was that, though? The other that, was, that was that was a great pass. game. But did you yeah. notice after he completed that jump pass, he kind of kept moving up into the pocket and like kind of like looking like he was going to try and do another one? I was like, 
stop. You gotta stop. Yeah. <laughs> I think you gotta <laughs> stop. It looked like uh, it looked like he was playing like professional handball, where he's like trying to take a certain step and lunge off a certain foot. And he's yeah. Just like, like, dude, you gotta stop doing that. <laughs> like you gotta stop. But no, that game was incredible. Like, ugh. They've primetime games been pretty good so far. Yeah, I outside can't of, outside NFL's of so back, it's been so good so far. Let's keep it rolling. Also, the Reds will play a couple more baseball games. No one cares. There you go. All right. That's episode 49 of Tailgates and Heartbreakers ended by Section 513. I'm your host, Geezer. Thank you, Donnie and Tito, for giving me some of your time. Thank you, Donnie, for speeding up your work to get back on to get on the mic. Next one's number 50. We wow, made it. we're getting old. We're getting old. Who would have thought we would have made it this far? Not me. Lammers. <laughs> Lammers. Shout out, number one fan. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. We will talk to you next. Here's a fango crawling, lean and angry. Here he comes a crawling, lean and hungry. And offensive brutes, but pass or boots. And defensively, he's rough, tough. Cincinnati Bengals, that's the team we're going to cheer to victory.